You're listening to Crossroads International Church Podcast. Welcome. We hope this podcast will bless you from wherever you're listening to it. For more information, go to our website at xrgs.nl. And now, let's get into the podcast. Good morning, everybody. Are you not on holiday yet? What are you doing here? <laughs> this is my, um, I'm going on holiday tomorrow shirt that I'm wearing. Do me a favor. It's before we get to this last in our sermon, uh, in our sermon series on the Holy Spirit. Just do me a favor. Let's just greet one another quickly. Just turn to the person next to you and say, listen, listen, despite you not having a shirt like Paul, you're still looking good and I'm happy you're here today. Right. Okay, friends, so, so we have, for the last, believe it or not, three months, we have been speaking about praying, studying, looking, meditating, reflecting on the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have reminded ourselves that the Holy Spirit is God's eminent and indwelling presence in our lives here to help us, to help us become the people that God created and destined us to be, but not just to become, but to be, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the presence of Jesus in the world. Building, establishing God's kingdom in the hearts and lives of people. The Holy Spirit, we've said, is here to help us. You know, last week we had our anointing service and, and collectively we said, God, here we are. Elders, anoint us and pray for us that we will be filled till overflowing with the life-giving spirit of the living God. So that as we overflow, we may take the fragrance of God into the world with us. And then you might say, Paul, that's wonderful, but now what? What's the next step? What are we, where do we go from here? And that's what today's sermon is about. And I'm going to wrap it up with this. And I'm going to issue you with one final challenge on this series. That as you sit on the beach somewhere or you sit in your garden somewhere, as you have your devotions, I sincerely challenge and encourage you to make this the desire and the prayer of your heart, the very thing we're going to be talking about this morning. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. We're going to look at one final picture, image of how the Holy Spirit wants to help us. I want to say this to you. We must never forget that God has given the world as a gift, as a blessing, the church. We must always be mindful of that perspective that God has given to the world, us, the church. 
You and I, people, we are not just here to sing our worship songs and to feel good about ourselves and come and gather and have a little bless me club and then we, we've got our little recharge and our pep for the week after Sunday and then off we go and then we just quickly come back next Sunday because we're empty and, you know. We're here because God has given us as a gift to the world. You and I, my friends, hear me. We have a mission. And it is the Missio Day, the mission of God. And we can speak and we can wrap the mission of God in so many different words, but ultimately at the heart of it, it is to seek and save the lost. To gather in, to leave the 99 and gather in into the Beth of the, into the Father's house, those who are lost and hurting. And to help us live in this Missio Day, in the mission of God, and fulfill our godly uh, calling in the world, the Holy Spirit wants to help us fulfill God's mission. And one of the key ways that the Holy Spirit does that is the Holy Spirit is described to us in the Word of God as the giver of gifts. So today, very briefly... We will talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit understands that you and I have a task before us. An impossible task. And so the Holy Spirit, God, the presence, the imminent indwelling presence of God, gives us impossible gifts. <laughs> To fulfill this impossible task. And I'm absolutely convinced that the things we read of in Scripture, those spiritual gifts we read of, which we're going to talk about now, was not just for the church back then, but it is for the church today. For without it, we cannot fulfill our mission. And so the challenge that I want to issue and send you on holiday with, and that as you sit uh, in your room, as you sit in your garden, wherever you may find yourself in the coming weeks, I urge you with every ounce of energy that I have left, I want to encourage you as strongly as I can. Make this your prayer. Father God, what is my unique to me gift that you want to give me so that I can live your mission to the utmost. It stems from a deep understanding that I'm not an accident. I'm here as God's child, created by God, here for a purpose, a godly purpose. God's gathered me into this community, and he's going to bless this community with spiritual gifts so that we can fulfill our destiny. So the Holy Spirit wants to give you supernatural divine gifts. Let's read. Paul tells us this. We read in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 and 11. I'm reading from the NIV for this verse. Now to each one. I want you to note that. To each one. The manifestation of the Spirit is given and I want you to note the following, for the common good. 
all spiritual gifts are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. 1 Corinthians 12. This verse tells us that the Holy Spirit is the ultimate giver of gifts to each one. He blesses his children with supernatural abilities. And I want to say right at the beginning, I want to give you three things as to the why of the Holy Spirit giving us spiritual gifts. And we must always hold these three things before us to help us, to lead us, and guide us, and discern, is this God's spiritual gift that I'm using here now, or is this for my own benefit somehow? As we read Scripture, we discern that the Spirit of God gives us specific spiritual gifts for three key reasons. Number one, to glorify God and exalt and lift up Jesus. And so wherever we talk about gifts, does this meet this criteria? Does it glorify God, lift and exalt Jesus Christ up high? Number two, it is to encourage and strengthen and edify God's people, the church. For the common good of the body of Christ, does this spiritual gift that I think is, does this meet the criteria of encouraging, strengthening, edifying, building up for the common good, the people of God? And number three, does this, the Spirit of God gives us gifts so that we can, as we seek and save the lost, bless those who are in need. Help those to say, come in out of the storm. It is to help those in need and bless those who do not have and know Christ. It is ultimately, number three, it has a missional purpose. Spiritual gifts are not just to make me feel good about myself, but it always has to be good news and missional at its very core, to seek and save and reach those who are without God. Those are the three criteria I want to give you right from the beginning, and everything we talk about should fit within that. Would it not be, my dear friends, an absolute tragedy of the highest order? If you were to miss out and live this Christian life without the unique to you supernatural spiritual gift that God has for you to fulfill your godly destiny and purpose, what a tragedy that would be. The Apostle Paul agrees. And so 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, verse 4 to 7, and now I'm reading from the New King James Version, says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. There are diversity of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry, but it's the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And so as you sit in your garden and on the beach, pray, Lord, what gifts do you have for me so that I may glorify you, lift Jesus high, speak good news to the poor, and encourage your body, the church? I'm one of those to each one. Do you have something for me, Lord? So, theologically, it's good for us to understand that Jesus Christ gives gifts to the church, and the Holy Spirit is the distributor of those gifts. So, Holy Spirit, will you please distribute to me? (laughs) There are many different gifts, but they have one Goal, and we've spoken about them. So, what was going on? And we read this particular in Corinthians, and so let's just talk about this a little bit, give us some information. The church in Corinth were not fully understanding what these spiritual gifts are all about. And so we see that the spiritual gifts uh, were causing havoc in the church. It was causing, uh, it was dividing the church. Some people were using it to lift themselves up high. Uh, Some people were using this um, for their own benefit, showing off other people. Other people were jealous. And it was just causing chaos in the church. And so Paul said, right, let me write to you and explain to you and talk to you about what these spiritual gifts are all about. And so let's have a little look. I'm reading 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 to 11 from the New King James Version again. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing. So what's Paul's doing now? He's giving examples of what some of these gifts might look like. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And then to another, interpretation of those tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. My desire for this church is that the Spirit of God will fill us till overflowing, distributing his gifts in this community so that God may be glorified, the church may be strengthened, and we will reach, seek, and save the lost. Okay, so I want to give you, I'm going to give you five very quickly guiding principles when talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit that we discern out of this passage that I've just read for you, connected to other scriptures in the Bible. Five very quick guiding principles. Number one, in, and I'm going to put up a list. I encourage you to take a photo of it or write it down. Um, we have approximately five lists of what spiritual gifts are and what they look like in the Bible. There should be a list of them now. Any minute now. Uh, well, there's three and a half. There's three and a half. There should be five. They will fix it. It'll come up now. Let me give it to you quickly while they're figuring out. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 to 30. Romans 12, 6 to 8. Ephesians 4, 
11 to 12, and 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11. If you want that list, come and ask me afterwards. Or you can stick with three and a half. That also works. Okay, here's the first principle. No list of spiritual gifts that we have in the Bible is complete. It was never Paul's intention to say, here is an exhaustive, complete list, and the work of the Holy Spirit only looks like this. There are five gifts, and these are the ones. That was never the intention. We are, we're given five different lists, and they don't all look the same. One list has got this, and the other one has got that added, and then this is missing. And all that Paul was trying to do is give us an indication of this is what the gifts of the Holy Spirit might look like. And then he gives us all kinds of lists. And he, then, and he says, desire these, ask for these. And so we've got all kinds of, of gifts uh, from teaching, preaching, prophecy, words of wisdom, knowledge, tongues. We've got all sorts. Leadership is listed in one. Uh, serving, uh, serving people, encouraging people. They're all these lists of all these ways and all that Paul was saying. And so it's important for me to note that you don't just go and look at one piece of Scripture, one passage, and think, okay, there are these five gifts, and that's it. No list in the Bible is complete. There are five lists, and even those five lists is not complete. It is Paul is giving us an indication. So the prayer is, God, here I am. You know me. What gift would be appropriate for me to have to glorify you, build up your church, speaking good news to the poor? Right? Second principle, I think, as we read this, that I want you just to be aware of, is that for many, some of us think that when I give my life to Jesus or when I'm baptized or so on, that's when I get all the spiritual gifts and then that's it. Well, the Bible does not quite give us that idea because Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says, hey, he asked us, eagerly desire it, ask for it. So it tells us the second thing to know is that not all gifts are given to us at the moment when we give our lives to Jesus or are baptized or whenever you think. We, and this is what makes it so exciting. is that you can be a Christian for one year, 30 years, 50 years. The idea is that we constantly go through this Christian life saying, God, use me. Give me your gifts in this moment, in this context, in this situation. And some gifts will be with you for your whole life, and others might just be for a season. It might just be for a situation. It might just be for a moment. And this is now, because what we're talking about now is putting into practice what does it mean to live in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Now we're putting it to the, into practice. This is what it comes down to. It's about living a life that, so I'm finding myself on the bus, and I'm sitting on the bus, and, I say, and, 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 and I'm living in an attitude of, God, I want to just... I want you to use me, and God's Spirit might just speak to you. Hey, listen, ask the person next to you how they're doing. And then you're going to have a little argument with God. Well, God, I don't know the person. They're going to think I'm weird and, you know, all of that. But you might find God wanting to use you in powerful ways that you never thought possible, and that's what it means to live in the presence and power of God, to say, God, I constantly, eagerly desire and want your spiritual gifts because I want you to use me for those three reasons. The third thing I want you just to take note of as a guiding principle is that spiritual gifts are exactly that. They are gifts. We don't deserve them. 
We don't earn them. We don't qualify for them. Once I've gone through Alpha, and then I've gone through Grow 1, 2, and 3, and I've become a member of Crossroads, tick, 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 I've qualified, and therefore, at the checkout counter, you get, get gift A, B, and C. It's not how it works. They're gifts. By the grace of God, God knows you created you, know the environment, the situation you find yourself in, and I think he will believe, and I believe he will gift you accordingly. Fourth thing, very quickly, is that spiritual gifts, it's important for me to say these things, I think, spiritual gifts, I'm going to say this loudly, are not, not an index of your spiritual maturity, right? Please remember that, because some of us think, ooh, that person prayed for somebody and they fell over. Now there goes a man of God. Well, no. <laughs> Gifts are not an indication of how spiritually mature you are. And the church in Corinth is a very good example of that. Because as you read Corinthians, you come to discover the church in Corinth had all the spiritual gifts, yet they abused the Lord's Supper, they lacked uh, Christian character, they sued one another, they were fighting with one another, they, they uh, tolerated uh, immorality, and yet all the spiritual gifts were there. So spiritual gifts are not an index of spiritual maturity. Please take note. And number five, this is important. Natural talents, so who you naturally are, what you're naturally strong at and gifted at, and spiritual gifts are not always identical. Can be. So if you're good at this, then God will give you a spiritual gift that will connect with that. It can be. But it's not always the same. Let me give you an example. So I've shared this with you before, but some of you may not be aware. Um, when I was a child, I stuttered so badly, I could barely say two words together. You may or may not believe this. Every Friday when my friends went out to go and play, I had to go for speech therapy because I stuttered so badly. I gave my life to Jesus. And would you know, I become a preacher. Right? So naturally, you would think there is no way this kid's going to be a preacher. There's just no, the kid can't even say his name without stuttering. Okay? So natural talents and abilities and spiritual gifts are not always the same. I think that's important just to know. So, and, and here's part of the reason why. Because natural gifts and strengths usually advances personal cause. Whereas spiritual gifts advances God's cause. Okay? Having said that, so your spiritual gift can also often be a divine application of your natural strengths. It can be that. The Apostle Paul, again, is a good example. So Paul was a great teacher before his conversion on the road to Damascus. He was a rabbi. He was well known to be a, a good and strong and powerful teacher. God, just after his conversion, used that and applied that and gave divine strength to that and became the best preacher in the history of humanity. So, when thinking and praying around spiritual gifts, it is possible that if you are a manager of people, 
that God can and would want to maybe take that. And after you've prayed, Lord, give me your gift, that you might still be a manager of people, but now it is in a, in a new, divine, and supernatural, and godly way. And just as you walk into a room, you manage people now in such a way that just changes their lives. I say these things because I want you to keep this in mind as you think about and reflect on your spiritual gifts. But then again, having said all of that, the Holy Spirit might give you a completely new, different gift that's got nothing to do with what you're strong and good at. So, I mean, here's another example. I generally am very bad at noticing things. Catherine will have colored her hair. She'll come back, and I won't even notice. And then, like, like do you notice anything? I'm like, um, I'm in trouble here because I know I should notice something, but I'm just not noticing. Right? So I'm not, I'm not very observant in that way. But one day, I'm sitting in my study, and I'm praying, and all of a sudden, God just, I had a strong sense of God speaking to me. Gift of word of knowledge, if you will, perhaps. And just saying, Paul, go and pray for this person. And it just wouldn't go away. It was on the weekend. It was a Saturday, and I didn't want to, and I, I just didn't go away. It was just stronger and stronger, and God, it was just that supernatural gift from God. Go and pray for that person. I phoned the person, and then, then I discovered, oh, they're not at home because they're in hospital. I didn't know. I wasn't aware. I drive. I think, well, now I better go. So I go, and I go to hospital, and I pray for this person. And they're grateful I'm there. The family say, I pray for this person. And within an hour of me leaving, that person passed away. You see, what it means to live in the presence and power of God is to kindly say, God, here I am. Use me. Give me your supernatural gift to glorify God, strengthen God's people, and seek and save the lost. So I'm not an observant person, yet God came and gave me this thing. It was like, well, I noticed something. I, I, I was aware of something that otherwise I wouldn't be. It's supernatural. It's out of the ordinary. But what matters most above all is that we understand that spiritual gifts exist to exalt Christ, build up the church, and bless the needy. Okay, then what Paul does, and I'm going to quickly run through this. What Paul does is he, just to give us an idea, and I, that's why I want to share it with you, he groups for us together spiritual gifts in certain groups. Not exhaustive, there are many more. But I want to quickly run through this to give you an idea as you pray from today. God, is this me? Is this gift for me perhaps? Okay, the first group of gifts, we can call them the discerning gifts, the discerning gifts, and here we have them. It is the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Those is what we call the discerning gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is really just an, a moment that needs divine wisdom. And input, and God might lay something on your heart, and you might think, Man, I didn't know I was that smart. Well, you're not. 
It was God's Spirit that just used you as His instrument to speak God's wisdom, God's message, God's advice into a situation. I will never forget. Here's a story. I was finished with my seven years of theological training, and it was my moment of ordination. And the, and the practice and custom was at the time that those, uh, what we call ordinance, had to appear before the floor of synod. So you're talking about a thousand ministers, bishops and archbishops and fancy robes and all the rest of it. And those who want to be ordained had to appear before them on stage. And all those people were free to ask whatever theological question they want without any preparation. I've never been so nervous in my life and for good reason because it was tough. And afterwards, they then voted whether or not you should be ordained or not. Beforehand, okay, but that's not really the story. The story is so before that, uh, there, were, there were about eight of us, and we were gathered around, and our mentor, was, we were praying together in the room beforehand before we step into the lion's den. And um, so he's praying, and all of a sudden, he just stops. And he goes, God's just laid a word Word of wisdom, spiritual gift on my heart. And I, and I want to say this to you. Remember, this was said 30 years ago, and I still remember it. I will never forget why, because it's God's wisdom, and it stayed with me forever. And he, said, and he said to us, he said, do not sacrifice your family on the altar of Christian ministry. Never forget it. Stayed with me. It was God's word, God's wisdom in that moment that we needed to hear to help us and lead us and guide us. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. It's perhaps another gift that's part of this discerning gift that Paul's talking about. So a word of knowledge is just God might give you information that without the Spirit of God, you have no way of knowing. And to speak life into that situation. You remember John chapter 4, the story of Jesus and the Samaritan lady at the well? That's a good example of the spiritual gift of a word of knowledge. So he doesn't know this lady. He goes to the well and just that word of knowledge, the man you're living with is not your husband. You remember that conversation? Word of knowledge. He had no way of knowing that. But it was given that information so that she paid attention and he could speak life and wholeness and transformation into it. And there might be moments where you find yourself in a situation when you are living with an attitude, God, I want to live in the presence and power of your Holy Spirit, where God says, in this situation, I need to give you a word of knowledge for this person in this context so that you can speak life into them, which will ultimately glorify God, build up the body of Christ, and reach the lost sheep. Right? Okay. Let's go. Um, the discerning of spirits is a third one that's part of this group of the discerning gifts. You know, just that moment where you walk into a room, into a situation, you just, something's not right. Something's going on here. I mean, that's happened to all of us, I think, at some stage, where God's spirit in you just gives you that discerning spirit, that gift saying, hang on, we need to pray, something's going on here, or we need to leave this situation we need to get out of here, or we need to pray for this person, whatever it might be. But it's part of that discerning gifts. Keep this in mind when you pray and say, God, what gifts do you have for me? Then there's a group of gifts. Um, so, sorry, an example of that is when Paul and them were in Philippi. You remember uh, there was this, um, uh, with these slavers, and they had a lady that belonged to them with this girl, and she would tell fortunes in Philippi. Remember, we read this in Acts 16. And then Paul just, so this lady would, do tarot cards and read people's, um, tell people's uh, future. And she was following Paul around, just causing chaos. And Paul just had discerning spirit. Something's wrong here. Something's going on. And he turned around and he said to her, be quiet in Jesus' name. Leave this girl immediately. Remember? 
Okay, another set of gifts is what we call the dynamic gifts. The dynamic gifts. We read of them in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9 to 10. So these are, there are three here. It is the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and the working of miracles. The gift of faith, here's an example of what the supernatural gift of faith is like. So we're in South Africa, we're building a new church, we need like 10 million bucks or whatever it was, and so myself and the others, and I'm thinking, I'm focused on how impossible it is. You know the David and Goliath story. It's impossible, we're all depressed, this is never gonna happen, there's just no way, 10 million bucks, there's no way this is gonna happen, and we're just trying to make plan B, C, D, E, and trying to figure out another way, and there was one person in the room, and God had given this person a supernatural gift of faith. And this person looked at us and said, what are you doing? 10 million's nothing. I mean, it's not even an issue. What are you talking about? Just that, that supernatural ability to trust and have faith and believe. And this person was needed in the room. That gift was needed in, in, needed in the room at that time because it lifted us all up. It glorified God. It encouraged us. We said, okay, listen, if you can believe it, we can all believe it. And then, of course, it happened. Gift of faith. Gift of healing is von Selbstbrekend. <laughs> Was that right? There we go. The working of miracles is another gift. Listen, I can stand you all day long telling you stories about the gift of miracles that God gives us sometimes. Here's the thing we must remember. Our God changes circumstances in people's lives. Our God can reverse people's financial situations. He can soften hardened hearts. He can restore relationship. God performs miracles. He is a God of miracle. When Catherine and I, we, were just, we, we moved to England. We knew in the ministry. We are young youth pastors excited to serve God. We just arrived in the country, and we needed to do ministry, but we couldn't. We didn't have a car. Some of you might know this story. I'm going to tell it anyway. We needed a car, and so one Sunday night, we're praying. Of course, we didn't have money to buy a car. There was just no ways. We're just, you know, poor young people, and uh, the phone goes, and we didn't even live in our own place. We lived with another family. That's how poor we were, right? And so we just, we had no money, nothing, nothing. We couldn't even buy stamps to send letters home. This was before the internet, so by the way, right? Um, and so the phone goes, Hal, whose house we lived in, he, we hear him talking, 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 and he goes, yes, yes, yes. And he said, there's somebody that wants to talk to you. We go. I speak to this person on the phone. And so Catherine and I, we've been praying for a car for a long time, praying, God, please, we need a car. We can't do this without a car. And so then my cheeky wife, as we pray, she chirps in, Lord, please, can we have a red car? I open my I'm like, Catherine, what are you doing? That's ridiculous. I mean, and I'm like, sorry, God, just calm down, Catherine. And I'm like, God, any color will do. We don't care about the color of the car. And so the phone goes. Hal speaks. He comes into our room. He says, someone wants to talk to you. This old lady, she says, listen, I've just bought myself a new car. And uh, I, I've heard via the grapevine, you need a car. I want to give you my car. And so the next morning, she arrives there, drops the car off. And here we have a car. And guess what color it was? Our God performs miracles. And so God used that lady, gave her that supernatural gift of sacrifice and service and giving, and he used her as his instrument to perform a miracle in our lives. And so as you go on holiday, God, what gifts do you have for me? That will glorify you, build up your people, and seek and save the lost. Oh, I've got so many more stories. We just don't have time. Then there's another group of gifts. 
to wrap it up. Declarative gifts is what we call them. So we've got discerning gifts, we've got dynamic gifts, and we've got declarative gifts. And here we talk about things like the gift of prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpreting of tongues. To prophesy is simply this. It is to speak God's good news, to encourage and build up, to speak good news that is often connected to someone's future. So to prophesy, the gift of prophesying into someone's life will often be connected to what God wants to do in and through and with that person in days to come. The gift of prophecy. Maybe that's how God wants to use you. Maybe that's the gift God's got for you. The gift of tongues. Listen, maybe I need to do a separate sermon on that. I mean, a lot can be said. We, we read of two kinds of tongues in the Bible. The first we encounter in the book of Acts. You remember when the Holy Spirit came? And then all of a sudden, because people were there from all over the world, and then God gave tongues to the disciples. And what it was, it was speaking the language of those people. And there they were all of a sudden, and they heard the gospel preached in their own language. So that's the one. Paul speaks about another kind of tongues. He speaks about this gift of tongues that God gives to us as a personal gift whereby we, when we don't know what to pray, and so that gift of tongues is often connected to prayer. Praying when I don't know what to say, it's, it's when my spirit communicates with God's spirit. And Paul, in fact, tells us, desire this gift, ask God for this gift. For it's there to build not only you up, but when that gift is used in a public environment, it will always go along with another gift, the gift of interpreting that. So when that is really of God, speaking in a different tongue, God will give someone else the ability to explain what was said. But then, let me also very quickly say to you, in 1 Corinthians 14, but Paul very quickly talks about, he says, in 1 Corinthians 14, 19, he says, listen, but still, I would rather speak five words of understanding than a thousand words in different tongues. But then he adds, and he ends by saying, ask God for this gift, for it will build you, and used correctly, it will build the body of Christ and glorify God. So we've got tongues, another gift. He says, ask God for it. Here's the conclusion. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. Here's what we must remember. The church is meant to be the supernatural expression, the life-giving expression of God here on earth. And 30 years of ministry has taught me this, that there is, we don't have what it takes. It's impossible for us to heal the broken hearted. We need help. And that's what the Holy Spirit is here for, to help us live and fulfill our mission. And so 1 Corinthians 14 says, and this is my message to you, 1 Corinthians 14, eagerly ask God for it, want it, desire it, saying, God, I want your gifts. What are mine? Because I want to live in the presence and power of your Holy Spirit. How do you want to use me? Fulfill your mission. In Galatians 6 verse 4, this is from the message translation. It says this as I close. Dear friends, make a careful examination 
exploration of who you are. And the work that you have been given by God. And then sink yourself into it. And so my question is, can you imagine what would happen if every person in this church, can you, can you use your imagination just for a second? What would happen if right here from Vaux all the way through every person back to Eric, if every person in this room said, God, give me my unique to me calling and your supernatural gift that goes with that so that I might truly live in the presence and power of your life-giving spirit. Can you imagine a community like that? We would change the world. God has a gift for you. Seek it. Desire it. So that God might be glorified. The church may be strengthened. And the lost will be saved. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we, as we end this sermon series on the Holy Spirit, I pray that it will be but the beginning of a journey for each and every one of us with a growing desire within us to want to study and understand and know more about the gifts that your Spirit has for us and how you want to use us in a supernatural way, to build your kingdom. So I pray, Lord, that you will continue to speak to every person here. Help them to discover their unique gift that you have for them. And then give them the courage to use it for the common good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening and we hope that you have a wonderful week. See you next time.